What is up, world? Thank you for joining on this episode of Dream Big Daily. My name is Anthony, and thank you for your ears, your eyes, and for being here in this space today as Andrew Feinstein, the guest for today, is someone who holds a space. He has that type of energy. He's a great individual. As someone I recently got connected to at just 24 years old, he is an author of Find Your Mind, helping the next generation leverage the tools of meditation and mindfulness for the best of their ability to be the best at their highest of abilities. Andrew started Find Your Mind, which was a, a group and a company for others to go to, wrote the book because of that, and now is an entrepreneur in helping Next Gen, such a great community organization and brand, build momentum and energize the next generation of startups and founders and entrepreneurs. I deeply cherish this conversation as we dive into the depths of many things that should be talked about today with depression, mindset, mindfulness. So enjoy this one with Andrew, and I'll see you soon. I have a dream. That's one small step for man. I am the greatest. You want something? Go get it. Period. Yeah, always got the robot kicking us in. I, uh, Andrew, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. I, uh, we got a lot to talk about and a lot of things to dabble in, but thank you for taking the time, man. Uh, absolutely. I can't wait to talk about it all. And, uh, I'll kick it to you, man. Let's dive right in. Let's do this. Thing. Yeah, let's, let's dive in. I am curious because you have some knowledge with the mindfulness meditation category and it's ever, ever important, but in a sort of way of understanding your upbringing, but also what your entry point was for learning more about that. Uh, how yeah. did you learn about it and get into it? And then was there any influence from an upbringing, party upbringing that, that uh, sort of created a ripple effect with that? Definitely, man. Uh, excellent question. A great way to start off diving right into a- Let's go. Think of it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I so I was born and raised uh, Jewish, um, and and you know obviously kind of grew up going to temple, going to synagogue, and uh, I think at some point in my life um, that kind of phased out and and stopped making a lot of sense. I think it, I was like eleven, and I looked at my parents, and I was like, guys, we're the the last people to show up to service and the first people to leave. Like, why are we still going? And they were like, looked at their eleven year old kid that was auditing them and being like, uh, good point. I guess we don't have to go anymore. Um, and I think you know. Uh, around that time, I, um, you know, was kind of, a, I, I tell people, I, I contemplated death a lot when I was a little kid, which is a little weird and, and a little bit like, you know, I told you we'd get right into it. But um, I, uh, it didn't make sense to me. And um, I, I kept struggling to be like, okay, where do people go? And, um, you know, my, my religious upbringing didn't really give me a lot of answers to that question. And I think, um, you know, as I got older, I just kind of put that out of my mind. Obviously, you go through your teenage years and uh, there's enough distractions with, um, you know, you become old enough to have sexual attraction to other people, you know, drugs and alcohol come into the mix. And all of a sudden, there's enough distractions where you don't kind of think about life, the meaning of life and, and what happens next. Um, and I think, you know, at some point in college, really, uh, was when I, I started to have these feelings of, of emptiness and of something missing uh, and not being sure why. I think uh, a lot of people told me college is the best four years of your life. 
You're going to have more friends than you ever knew what to do with. You're going to have more potential than you ever thought was possible. And I was in college like a robot. Like I was like, I'm just going to class. Um, I get drunk on the weekends and I don't really want to. Uh, I try to take care of myself during the week. I keep getting sick because I'm in, you know, these dorm rooms that are Petri dishes. And, um, you know, I just felt this underlying lack of meaning, like where I'd wake up and there was that same feeling of like, you know, emptiness is the best way I can describe yeah. it. Um, and I couldn't communicate any of this back when I was that age. I just kind of was angry. And I think, you know, as, as, a, as a man, it's kind of an easy outlet to say, you know, your emotions should not really be shown. And the only one that you should show is anger. And um, I just remember being angry all the time. Um, and I think at some point along that journey, um, my parents picked up on it and, and they didn't know what to do. And it was actually my dad just kind of throwing ideas out last ditch effort. He said, Hey, I had this book I read a few years ago that I really liked. It's called the way of the peaceful warrior. I think you should read it. And I remember being mm. like, absolutely not no desire, but thanks for the input. And, um, I think, I, you know, obviously I, I love my dad and I trust everything and every piece of advice that he gives me. And I think at some point, you know, in the next two weeks, I was like, all right, maybe I should give this book a shot. Um, it's a really awesome story about uh, a college uh, student. His name is Dan Millman. It's also the name of the author. Uh, so it's actually about his life. And it's about him going through his own spiritual journey to find meaning in his life. And, you know, he's this college kid that has everything going for him. He's like an Olympic level athlete. Um, yet his life feels meaningless. He's contemplating death. All of the things that like mm. I was struggling with. And I saw myself in this character. And I think my biggest takeaway, um, you know, was either one, go find a spiritual teacher in a gas station, which is kind of what he does in the book somehow. <laughs> like that's the uh, yeah, yeah. storyline or try meditation, which was a tool that they uh, mentioned a few times in the book. Um, and I, you know, remember flipping to the last page and I was like, screw it. Uh, it can't hurt. And um, sat at the yeah. edge of my bed, treated meditation like it was a workout back then. So I did like two minutes of sitting and then my back hurt. So I like laid down for like three minutes and I was literally doing like reps and sets <laughs> of meditation. No idea what I was doing. Um, but I just knew that, I, that there was something powerful about that whole conception of spirituality, of getting in touch with your mind and yourself um, and kind of took a deeper dive after that to then explore uh, what this whole area was and, and find out how it could connect to me. Yeah. I, fascinating that you, that book attracted uh, you or you attracted that book in a way and your dad told you about it. I, uh, that's just fascinating in of itself, but even the best thought leaders nowadays, they always say meditation is mm -hmm. their way to go, like their way to deal with problems and it's so interesting as you have this new wave of generation coming about, this is like our uh, passing the torch. This is one of the things you really can use as you go ahead into these, this world with all of these different problems, like all these different things. And uh, I would really love because we interviewed Amanda Espiritu on one of the episodes and I know you know of her and for love context, that. everyone listening. Yeah. Um, Andrew leads the, well, you can explain, but Andrew does a lot of the community growth with NextGen. Um, yeah. but, I, but I learned about Amanda through that. And in our episode, we dove right into it, talking about her recent posts about how she was depressed at one point. Mm. And now she's in a much, much better place. But I would love for you to talk about and then provide some insight into what those times were especially like. Because... Mm. 
that's such a crucial part. It's like that, that they say in the Zen of, uh, an art of motorcycle maintenance, the book, yeah. uh, you know, there's like the, the downhill for the uphill to happen, that uncomfortable growth phase. So what can you provide more insight into that uncomfortable growth phase for you? Yeah, definitely. I think a, a great question. Also shout out Amanda, amazing, amazing human being, uh, who I love learning from every day, but, um, and also shout out uh, The Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. Great book that uh, <laughs> gave me along my journey as well. Um, I, those times in my life are, are really interesting when I look back on it. And I don't think that they're gone now. Um, you know, I think there's all of these yeah. peaks and valleys that you go through as a human being where you grow and you learn. Um, you know, I make a joke, somebody, you know, uh, I wrote a book when I was uh, 21 about meditation and mindfulness. Um, and when people ask me for it now, I'm like, no, it's a flaming hot piece of garbage. Don't spend your money on it. I'll send you a copy for free. Um, because I think, you know, I'm like yeah. still going through periods where I'm like, yeah, I'm not who I was when I wrote that. You know, I have totally different thoughts. And, and um, it's really interesting um, to kind of think about, you know, what, what are those down moments? Um, something that I always go back to uh, from the way of the Peace Warrior, a, a story, quote, vision, picture, whatever you want to call it that stands out in my mind is that when there's this big gap in front of you, this big leap that you're about to take, you need to take a step back in order to get there. That, you know, in order to actually progress forward, you can't just keep going because eventually there's going to be this roadblock, this thing that you need to hurdle over. And it takes a momentary like, okay, I got I to gotta reach back. I got to almost go, go backward, go downward in order to go upward. Um, and I think I yeah. always think about that when I feel low now, um, that it's okay, that it's kind of like part of the process. Um, yeah, I, I definitely had moments in my life where I struggled with depression and anxiety. Um, I think, you know, my immediate instinct for my family was to put me on medicine, um, which is a really interesting thing in our society and, and, you know, something that I think should be more normalized. Um, so, you know, I started taking, um, uh, anti-depression medication. I started doing talk therapy, uh, and the meditation mindfulness also came in as well. And I think some combination of all of that and, and, you know, um, I'm, I'm kind of not a, I don't. Uh, knock any of the things that people do to try and better themselves, better understand themselves. And it's all about finding what makes the most sense for you. Um, mm. You know, medicine for me was a way to almost get above the floorboard so that I could start having the conversations I didn't want to have. Um, I could look into myself and say like, Hey, th this is what I'm feeling and that's okay. Um, you know, I talk about it. I talked about it earlier on as a guy, I feel like you're taught from such a young age that like emotions aren't cool. Like, that if you cry in front of your classmates, you're a loser. And like that, that's like the hardest thing to deal with. Cause like as a kid, even if you stub your toe, your instinct is to cry, but you're told like, no, do not do that. You know, suck up the your, your condition, your condition. Yeah. So I, I think, um, you know, all of these tools of getting people to say like, what's going on in here, what's going on in here. Um, and how do you get that out? Because if you just hold on to it, and, and, you know, meditation is such a cool way to get it out because I think it's a way to do it with yourself, which is easier in sometimes than sharing it with other people. Sometimes sharing it's really hard. Um, mm. So I remembered like for me, when I could go inward first and be like, just breathe and reset and realize all of the thoughts I was having, it then felt more comfortable to actually share them because uh, it didn't feel as flustered. I felt like I had more about me, um, more, more uh, wherewithal to, to know what was going on. But um, to, I guess directly answer your question, those moments were hard. Um, those like down moments were definitely hard. And I think, um, you know, I remember just feeling like 
how, how do people live? Like, how are people happy? Um, like, you know, if I, who on the outside should have everything going for them, but I'm miserable, how are people that have, you know, so much more difficult circumstances, how do they find happiness? And I think, um, when I first started to get into this stuff, that's the question I asked a lot of people, what, what makes you happy? Um, and that was definitely a foray into like a lot of, uh, the work I do now and, and a lot of, um, you know, what I want to do in the world. Hmm. Yeah. And that's pinned on, uh, your profile. You have happiness is the goal and then the world is your target, which is cool. And, and it points to that exact motto you live by. I, uh, mm. and what exactly did, did you mean specifically by the world is your target? Cause, uh, I'm sure yeah. some might understand, but, uh, I, I like, I like that wording. Yeah, man. I, I think I wanted to share that, um, that happiness shouldn't be reserved for one set of people. Um, hmm. that it doesn't need to just be, um, the people that have quote unquote made it. I think in our generation there, there's become so much more difficulty around everything. Getting into college is like, everyone says it hundred times more difficult than it was 20, 30, even like five years ago, it's become increasingly more difficult. Um, I think everybody like has this need. They're like on a hamster wheel where they just keep running and they're like, listen, happiness, like I'll find my happiness in going out with friends and partying and you know, whatever, which is fine. I think if that's actually what you want to do, but I think a lot of people don't look back. They're just on that wheel and they're like, not really sure why or for what reason. Um, and I think I wanted to share that like, it's okay to accept that you're unhappy because then you can actually work to find happiness, mm, um, mm. especially at this age. So I wanted people to know that like everybody's dealing with this, like everybody has their own shit. And like, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to curse on this, but I feel like 100%. I have already, but, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, everybody's got their own shit that they're dealing with. And I think, um, you know, my, if my story could help one person uh, to me, that was the world. Um, you know, like my world, mm -hmm. like if I can just okay. impact one person, um, I was getting closer. So that's how I kind of, that's, yeah, that's, that's, uh, well articulated. And I, I, I admire the goal. I love the goal and mm -hmm. it's cool because you're someone who had to go through the trudges of mm -hmm. your own internal battles to then be in a place where you came out victorious. Obviously there's still times of ebbs and flow, but then it's like, I can use, the sword I sharpened to then help others like do the same. I, uh, and to use the end, uh, of what you are part of the end of what you talked about when you talked about your journey, you said at one point you treated it like a workout. It was mm. two minutes of meditation and then three, three minutes laying down, same thing like reps. What was the phase in between that? And then starting FYM, you know, find your mind. Um, mm. cause that's, that's a huge phase. Like that's, that's like the work right there. That's the meat, you know? Yeah. Uh, huge phase. I, I remember, um, I think it was around Thanksgiving break of my sophomore year of college when I, when I did my first, you know, meditation workout, um, as, mm -hmm. as, as I like to joke about it. Um, and I decided that, uh, when I got back, I was going to start finding the right resources. When I got back to school, that is finding the right resources, uh, asking for the right people to discuss with, uh, searching for the right books, interviewing the right people. I said, you know, that I can't be the only person that's thinking about this. Other people need to be thinking about this too. Um, and I kind of just sought out to educate myself. I remember I, I signed up for an intro to Buddhism course 
um, mm. that following semester because I was like, all right, I know Buddhism and meditation are heavily linked. Maybe I'll learn more. Um, and I remember literally falling in love with a lot of the Buddhist philosophies and um, back to, you know, the very beginning of what we were talking about, uh, the, you know, Buddhism kind of showed me like, I don't really have to contemplate my death or what happens next, but I can focus on like how I'm feeling right now. Um, and that that focus can make this moment so much more meaningful uh, for me, for the people around me. And um, I think that, you know, when you're, when you're off the hamster wheel a little bit, you can kind of like see the world for what it is. There's just a piece that comes with that. And I, I think, um, you know, the, the learning that I had after that point, um, being able to dive into books and resources, being able to connect with mm. professors and religious leaders of all different faiths and varieties who could talk to me about silent retreats and uh, being able to go deeper within themselves from whatever standpoint made sense to them. Um, mm. I think I just started to, to get to a place where um, I wanted to learn so much and then once my brain was like full of that, I was like, okay, now I want to share. Um, like I want to yeah, take you did, everything. You, yeah. You did it for yourself and I do it for others. They say for writing, it's like you write for yourself, but then you publish to affect others. You did the same thing, but with different facet. Yeah, definitely. I, um, I definitely like got to a point where I was like super excited about what I knew. And I was like, okay, if I want to, I remembered saying to myself, um, the best teachers are the ones that practice what they preach. So I was like, if I start teaching this to my friends, I'll keep doing it. And uh, I think that was a moment where I was like, oh, cool. I can like start sharing this with people because, you know, Next Gen I think is a great example as well. And we can get into that too. But yeah. when you're surrounded with like-minded people, your life is so much better. Uh, you know, when, when people share your uh, beliefs, your philosophies, your desire for self-betterment, like you just feel at ease. Like then you can talk about bullshit. You can watch cartoons. Like it's only when you're like, Hey, this person is kind of like down to just not talk about life, but I really want to, that there's those weird disconnect. So I think bringing people into my craziness that was going on in my head and them listening to me and like being able to have a conversation really showed me that there was more um, that I could do to share this stuff with my generation, that I wasn't the only one that was like, Hey, things are weird. Life is weird. And uh, we should probably talk about it. <laughs> yeah. It's especially prevalent within this generation and mm -hmm. you could talk about the the reasons as to why that's a byproduct uh whether it be with with this type of thing on the phone or right. or tech or whatever but uh the point is that it's that it is prevalent so it's like what things do you do and what practices do you abide by to to aid that and mm -hmm. or uh help that so Definitely. it's it's a much needed thing that you hear everyone talking about and next gen which we can get into yeah is a place where they provide those resources and uh like like allow those conversations to be had i mean even sophie Barron, we we interviewed her before you know she's in next gen and she does a great job of, of creating these spaces for people to talk about these important things so i uh we'll get to the the book you wrote because i know that's like a in terms of sequence like that was before yeah. the next gen approach yeah. but uh the more important thing of like this, this community aspect of, of what got you to next gen and then yeah. like seeing it flourish. Cause they're doing a great job. Like you got, you guys are doing awesome. Yeah. It's uh it's super cool. I think, um, you know, we can kind of take the end and then find kind of the, the forest, mm. the trees and go back. But, um, uh, I think what next gen is doing and, and we're constantly reframing how we want to share this. 
Um, our mission is to energize 1 billion entrepreneurs. But the, the difference is we kind of define entrepreneurs in a different way than most would. You know, an entrepreneur not, is not, you know, Steve Jobs or uh, Bill Gates or these crazy people who have built these companies. Yes, they count as well. Uh, but for us, an entrepreneur is anybody that wants to be in like the driver's seat of their own life. Somebody that's like, hey, I don't want to be a cog in the machine. I want to do crazy things. I want to change the world. I want to start a podcast, you know, kind of all of these things that our generation wants to do and should feel empowered to do. Our goal is to give them that backbone so that they say, you know what? There's a community here that supports me like no other and wants to see me succeed. Uh, I think that's the biggest fear. You know, when I graduated college, I, I started my job in retail real estate. Um, and as a financial analyst, so I was working for a pretty big shop and, and kind of doing, you know, the more traditional finance route. Um, and that was what my dad kept saying to me too. He was like, you just got to get a job out of college. You got to get a job out of college. Nobody said, Hey dude, do you want to be an entrepreneur? Like, do you have these other dreams and aspirations? Like talk mm -hmm. to me about this mindfulness thing that you're working on, on the side. Uh, everyone was like, get a job, have security, and then you can like have your playtime somewhere else. Um, I think at next gen we want to show like that doesn't have to be playtime. That can be like your yeah. main desire and you can bring that into the forefront. Um, for me personally, I think we like to look at the CEO of your own life in two folds. It's the actual experience and what you're creating. So your venture, your dream, your passion, but it's also your mindset, which is where I get really jazzed up. Like how mm -hmm. do you, uh, you know, everybody's the CEO of two companies. Uh, Dylan Gambardella, one of the co-CEOs of NextGen said this to me once. He said, everybody's the CEO of, you know, two companies, whatever venture you're pushing, whatever team you're spearheading, and then yourself. You're the CEO of your own body, your own life. And if you don't take control of that, you're going to get steamrolled nonstop. You're going to go out of business. You're going to get depleted to a point where you don't get to do the things you want to do. So I think we're trying to find that marriage of uh, how do we yeah. keep jazzing people up to keep building their venture, but then how do we care for the individual person and their life and giving them tools like mindfulness, giving them tools like, hey man, it's okay to you know say you need to skip a meeting and take a day off. Like, it, it, it's not the end of the world. Mm. We're human. Um, and I think being able to, to marry those two things and form a next generation of like insane leaders that care about what they're building, but also themselves uh, would be something that would just blow my mind to see. Yeah. And that the mission is so powerful because uh, it does always start from here and then goes outward. Uh, it's something that was never talked about. And just seeing yeah. it being built, I was, I've heard of next gen 2018 mm -hmm. and then I've seen the growth. I've seen you guys have bigger events, you know, more people coming on the team. Um, yeah. And it's so cool that it comes down to that thing. I'm seeing a lot of great communities always hone around, like be the CEO of your own life. And you guys are finding cool ways to, like you said, marriage that I want, I would, I don't know why this question came to mind for me, but as someone who went through what you went through in life and you have this point now where you have a lot of experience, how can one balance that thing of aspect of taking a day off? Cause you're, you're tired. Yeah. Like, you know, some of that de uh, decompression, rest, self love, yeah. but also like, let me, let me keep pushing. Like, let me keep moving forward. Yeah. And I know self-awareness is like the bind, but uh, I would love for you to talk more about that. Yeah, man. I think it's a, a hugely important issue. And I think, like I said, our generation wants to build crazy things. 
Um, you know, we want to change the world. And to do that, you sometimes feel like I can't take a day off because the world's not taking a day off. Uh, <laughs> you know, like the only day you can take yeah. off is Christmas. That's the only day that everybody takes off. Um, but I think um, for me, it was all about what, what tools can I have in my toolkit when I'm feeling depleted that I can figure out what I actually need. Um, so sometimes it, it's meditation. Other times it might not be. Other times I might be like, I, I'm really like just too anxious right now to, to kind of sit. And it would be really helpful if I could journal all my thoughts and get them out or call a really close friend and just talk about what I'm feeling. Um, I think having more than one tool is crucial. Um, mm. Otherwise, you get to a point where if you're really anxious and you start meditating and it's not helping, you're going to attribute that anxiety to meditation. And all of a sudden you're going to be like, I can't sit because it makes me uncomfortable, but that's not the truth. Something else is making you uncomfortable and you don't have all of the tools to deal with it. Um, you know, I'm not saying my toolkit's full and I have everything I need, you know, I got my power drill or, you know, whatever you <laughs> attribute these things to, but um, I think I'm constantly building new ways to say, um, what do I need? Um, one that I've started doing more recently, uh, I used to do it in college, I fell off for a little bit and then started doing it during the pandemic is I shut my phone off every Saturday um, and take a full day without uh, my, you know, tech communications. And I think like it, it just, it brings me to a different place of like me. Um, where mm -hmm. like, I still hang out with friends. We just have to make plans the night before, you know, and that's crazy for a lot of people. Cause they're like, what happens if I need to cancel? And I'm like, well, then you'll stand me up and I'll be sitting somewhere for an hour being like, where is this guy? Um, but I think it like, it, it's just a whole different way to live. And um, mm -hmm. It allows me to keep pushing and get myself that reset that I need on a weekly basis. Yeah. And the important thing that I, I love that you said is it's for you. Like it's, it's subjective. Yeah. I think that's a under utilized thing and misunderstood. Um, and also people preach certain things, but I, I don't think the individuals receiving it are fully comprehending what is being said. Like it doesn't matter what you have. It's like what works, what works for you. And that's different for everyone. That's why I said self-awareness. Like that's why I love that you're so adept in this field of knowing oneself a little bit better hmm. because that's yeah. all going to lead to what do I use? Like, how do I question myself? I think the, the one thing I thought of too is like, can you qu always question everything? Always say like, how am I doing this right? Is it right? Always. Yeah, it's, it's hard, man. Um, I think there was a quote and I don't, I, I'm not gonna remember who it's attributed to, but uh, it was something the effect of an unexamined life is not one worth living. Um, hmm. I think it was Plato actually, or Socrates now that I'm kind of thinking back to it. Um, and it's interesting. Sometimes I do wish I didn't give a crap and I could just like go through life and not care. Um, and you know, deal with things in, in a way that's like, yeah, it's just life, whatever, you know, kind of a, a go with the flow type of guy. But, um, I think, I think it's, you know, questioning things and questioning yourself. Um, mm -hmm. and, and almost not even questioning, but checking in sometimes I think is like, when you start feeling good, it can just be check-ins, you know, I do a, a, you know, on that Saturday where I shut my phone off, I have a two hour weekly reflection process. Um, where it's just me, my journal, I read back how I was feeling over the course of the week. And then I spend, you know, an hour to an hour and a half just writing where I'm at right now. 
Um, so that, you know, the next Saturday I can come back and check in and be like, this is how I was feeling. How am I feeling now? Am I making progress towards the things I want to be feeling? Um, I think like we've been, you know, the thread that I think we've been pulling on this whole time is that life is weird and it's hard to figure out the meaning of life. Um, and you know, I don't have an answer, but I think the universal truth is that everybody's like, what does life mean? Like, what am I, like, I'm just here and I'm not here forever. I'm here for a a finite amount of time. So what is that? Like, what am I supposed to do with that? Um, and I think, you know, how can you continue to build and change the world for me while also being very aware of who I am and the energy I'm putting out into the world? I think that marriage is why one next gen makes so much sense. Why meditation has been so helpful for me. Um, and why I'm kind of where I am now. Um, but always checking in to make sure that that's still holding true. Uh, I think your values too, you know, like I think that's people get scared that like when you get to a certain age, you need to know who you are. Um, like I look back, my parents had me when they were 25, 26 years old. They had no idea what they were doing. You know, like (laughs) they had no idea. I think everybody is like, (laughs) Oh, you get to a certain age and you know what you're doing. It's okay to not know. It's okay to be wrong. It's okay to change things. Um, Mm. Yeah, that's big. That's big. That's big. I, the ability to change ones. I'm actually really glad you brought that up. I have a question regarding that. Yeah. But uh, I think one of the before I say that one of the biggest breakthroughs one can have is realizing that even the ones you look up to in life the most are figuring it out. They just mm. might seem like they know what they're doing, or like sometimes put on a mask that the, that what they're doing is totally 100% correct. Yeah. But the question I had for you is what especially within this year is something you've changed your mind on because changing your mind can be mm. a good thing. It's important to stay convicted into your values and certain things and not be teetered too much. But like you said, like certain things can be used effectively. And one of them can be changing your mind when you know it needs to be changed. What has, uh, what has been in that category for you this year? Yeah, obviously this has been a super interesting year. And I think, um, a lot of things that have have changed um, for me and 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 for everybody. You know, it's like uh, we're we're living in a weird time. And I think um, one of the things that that happened to me more recently, um, I think for a while, this year has felt like it's been a pause from life, where it's like we're in this weird time where we're not really living. We're like waiting until like things can go back to a time when we're living, um, and. Uh, yeah, I, I kind yeah. of... Uh, Jordan Peterson just posted something saying, uh, be grateful when you're suffering. And it was just a simple thing it's yeah. from his book, but it's like, do that now. Like, do that, totally. do that now. Totally. Um, so I think to answer your question, what I changed my mind on this recently in the last like two weeks is that uh, this is not going to be a pause for me. That this is going to kind of like, I'm going to keep living my life and keep exploring my life. And, um, you know, I think, uh, I, I started a new relationship recently. I was telling you about this offline and, and that was like a little weird for us. Cause we were like, Hey, what, what, what are we doing? Like, is life real or are we like kind of in this? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I, I looked at, you know, my girlfriend and I was like, no, I, I want, I want this to be real. Like I want this to like feel absolutely real. Um, and just make it our normal. And I think, um, you know, generally speaking with my life, I definitely want to continue to change that belief and say like, no matter what's kind of going on in the macro, how can I make life feel the most unique and genuine and, and real and not pause? Um, and and mm. just figuring that out. 
Yeah, because these things are going to happen. I mean, things are uh, rhythmic in terms of their occurrences. You know, there's patterns to this. It's not just like a thing like this happens once yeah. in a while. But in terms of, and with that being said, since your life is not on pause, and I didn't even know this until this conversation today, you got a second book in the works. Um, the first one I know you were at a different point, but it's still something for the archives, still an important uh, memento for your yeah. life. But but what is the new one you're working on? Yeah, Anthony, I'll tell you, I, I, I have not shared this with many people. Um, it's been something that uh, I was working on uh, a little bit pre uh, the you know fallout of our world and and took a little step back to reassess um, and I, I have to give a shout out to a next gen community member Pamela Goldberg um, who got me refired up to think about my book mm-hmm. and about my experience and what I could do um, to kind of you know change the world and and make the world a, a happier place. So um, the first book was a how to guide on meditation uh, for young people written by a young person. Uh, that's kind of how I looked at it, how I wanted to differentiate myself. Um, this second book uh, is actually a fiction story. Uh, so, so kind of completely different tangent, taking a completely different stance. Um, but the hope is that it's going to be a dialogue between two characters, uh, our protagonist and his therapist, um, and just kind of working out the difficulties that we face as young people in this generation and watching that play out in story and in conversation. Uh, so, you know, I remember when I was kind of in talk therapy, there would be a lot of times where we would talk about things and then I'd be in that same situation we talked about the very next day. So I'd be like, hey, I'm really struggling with, you know, drinking and I don't really want to drink, but I don't know how to go out and not do it. And then the very next day, I'd be in a place where all of a sudden I'm out, I don't want to drink, but everybody else is. And how do I make sense of that? What mistakes do I make? What mistakes does this character make? And how do you like get to a place where you start to see yourself better? Um, my hope is not to like preach or teach people anything, but that people are like more comfortable having conversations uh, about themselves and about their life. Uh, and that's why the book is going to be called Conversations. Um, so getting people to a place where they're like, you know what? Yeah, I have these feelings too. Maybe I'll call a friend and talk about them. You know, maybe I'll, I'll send my friend this book and say, hey, read this and let's, let's jam on, you know, what is the meaning of life? Like, what tools can we use to build the life we want to live? Um, all of these elements are things that I want to play out, but in a way that like weaves you through a story, through my story, um, told through, you know, a, a different lens. Yeah, yeah. Storytelling is a great way to both entertain but educate. What, yeah. is, it li- what is it like dabbling in something in that genre, a new genre for you? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I will say, you know, I'm basing a lot of my inspiration on my two favorite books, which are The Way of the Peaceful Warrior and The Alchemist, which obviously is a a hugely Mm -hmm. popular book. And um, I think they do, yeah, I I mean, I've literally got it, you know, with me as well, but um, they do a great job of- um, Excellent. Excellent read. Amazing guy. I just love how like, there it's stories, but you learn so much. Um, like you don't even like if you're taking notes in a fiction, in a fiction book, it means that there's something powerful in there. <laughs> and I think that yeah. that really excited me. And I was like, that's what I want to contribute to the world is like, here's my soul laid bare in this story, uh, where I show you that I'm not scared to share what I went through and what I'm going through 
And I want people my age to call me and say, hey, Andrew, like, I really appreciate what you shared. I want to share with you too, because this is going to make me feel so much better. Um, I know what it's like to hold everything in. And what happens is, at least for me, was I would just get angry. Uh, somebody would trigger something and, you know, that emotion would explode. Um, and I want to create a generation of people that feel more comfortable in their skin, that feel like they can talk about the problems when they arise and not wait for that explosion moment. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was an awesome quote someone said to me the other day by Mark Twain. And it was, uh, you don't have to remember, if you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything or something along those lines. Mm. And I just thought it was uh, powerful because a lot of the things that cause fear within us or cause problems are just things we, we walk through life with letting sit deep inside of us and not letting express outwardly or don't address within ourselves or then with others but uh completely agree and i'm excited to when are you hoping to have the the book released and finished by like what phase are you in yeah uh we're early man i i have no um i have no real plans of when i want this thing to be released part of me um you know feels like i'm still learning and and going through these lessons and these conversations and um you know, I wouldn't be surprised if this thing releases next year, if it releases in 10 years, yeah. who, who knows? I think, um, I think I'll get to a place where on my last one, where you feel like 90 to 95%, like this is a good piece of work. And uh, I'm sure three years from now, I'll be like, it's a flaming piece of garbage. Like I feel about the first <laughs> one, but um, all the more yeah. reason to write again. Um, I'd be so interested to, to talk to Paolo, the author of The Alchemist and be like, do you like the alchemist? They're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Change, you know, um, it'd, it'd be very interesting to hear. His that's take. A, yeah, that's a really good question. You know, the, the funny thing about that, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think I saw this somewhere, but then he write the whole book on a train ride or something. Yeah, I, I know he it's a super interesting story. He wrote like, I, I don't know if I can speak to that, but I know it was published in um, it took him forever to get published. And then it was only published in Portuguese down in Brazil. Um, and I think some like dual lingual speaker of America of English and Portuguese, you know, picked it up and was like, Hey, this story needs to get <laughs> to the rest of the world. Um, and thank God, man. Cause without that's like that story. I remember I read it for the first time when I was, uh, I think 14. Um, and boy, did all of it go over my head. I, I read it once a year now because it's so good. It's so yeah, I know good. a lot of people who do that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Always brings me back to like a feeling of, I think my biggest takeaway is like the beginning is the end. Like, you know, he, you know, and, and I hope people read it, but if they haven't, I feel like almost everyone's read it at this point, but you know, you, uh, Santiago's on a, on a search, um, you know, for, for treasure. And I think, you know, you end up, um, at the beginning of the story at the very end, you know, where he's looking was where he started. And I think it's like a metaphor for life, which is, you know, you don't have to go travel the world for things to change. Like, yes, travel the world, but like also you can travel it inside yourself. Like every, the, the nothing, everything changes, but nothing changes. Like when I did, when I went through my journey, like I'm the same person I was, uh, before I started, you know, nothing's different, but everything is completely different. It's all about yeah, how you look yeah. at life, not life itself that changes. That is, uh, I like that a lot. I like that so much. And I, was going to add something, but I just really like just for people to sit with that because it, it's yeah. about that perspective. And it's so cool, that dichotomy. It's like, yeah. how is that possible? When you, when you always, when you 
phrase the thing before is like, what is life? It's like, it changes, but it doesn't. So it's like, how do you come to terms with that? Um, and it's so true that the stuff with next gen, the stuff you've done, the stuff I enjoy poster behind me, like the, the stuff it talks about is, is just inside here. And then yeah. having that be exuded out. Isn't that, isn't that crazy though? Like we live in a world where like we're almost evaluated by our external appearance, like with social media and you know, now that we can't even like really gather with humans, like, the thing everybody sees is your external appearance. Um, so your highlights on socials, your, you know, whatever you're wearing on zoom. Um, yeah. it takes a, it, you know, I think what's so cool and, and what's so cool about what you're doing is you get to go in depth with somebody right off the bat. And like, that's not what our world does very frequently. You know, it's very mm -hmm. external. Um, yet the magic comes from the internal experience. When I, when I asked all those people, what made them happy? Um, this is my first like research project I did for like my book. I was like, all right, what, what makes you happy? And I just went and asked, you know, 50, uh, young college age students. Nobody told me like anything crazy. Like nobody was like, Oh, when I like went on this insane trip to this like far part of the world or, Oh, like when I graduated high school and everyone was cheering after my valedictorian speech. No, it was never that. It was like, Oh, the, the moment that came comes to mind is like when I was like belly laughing with my little brother um you know at the movie theater together like it's these tiny little incremental moments uh where something inside you feels real not something outside you but yet we focus mm -hmm. on the external so I, I you know i don't know if there's a point there just to say like so interesting yeah yeah it doesn't have to be i think uh people can let that marinate a little bit further but it's often those little things you're completely right and yeah. it's in it's what? Yeah, you go. I was gonna say, what was the, What was the last time you remember being like truly happy? Like, what was like? What's the moment that like comes to mind? Yeah, because I do think uh, when you talk about both destiny and happiness, I think it's a daily action. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, unlike the, the grand scheme, if you look back, say you live to a hundred, those hundred years, you can be like, wow, I lived a good life. But uh, it is like a thing that you start each day anew. Uh, I would say, oh man. Oh, there was uh, that exact belly laugh happened. Uh, I think it was yesterday wow. where I had a group call with uh, a group, you know, guys I, I actually want to write a book with myself. Wow. Um, so I'm in your category, but we're writing a book related to poetry and some fiction. And wow. it's going to be a side project. But in our call, we were doing uh, like this mind map exercise for the branding of everything. And what we want stuff to look like, the name, et cetera. Mm. And there was one point in which it was an inside joke that came about. I can't recall, but it doesn't matter because we all just ended up laughing a little bit. And then that little bit built up to a lot. And then we just out of nowhere, we're laughing because we were laughing and it's, and then there were some tears shed because we were laughing about that. And yeah. uh, you like, you're just so present. And then you have the aftermath where it's just like, you go back to that throughout the day and uh, you think about how silly that was, but that joy you felt. So I, I, it happened yesterday, but it was yeah. awesome. And, and like, I feel that. Like even you sharing that, yeah. I'm like, oh man, that's like, that hits like somewhere deep in, uh, in you as a human. And um, yeah. I think like that's the relatable stuff. One question I ask people all the time and it throws people off guard. Like what was the best 10 seconds of your day? Like, I don't want to know like, mm -hmm. like 10 seconds. Like it's always like, I need that little minuscule moment. And some people don't get it. I remember in, uh, you know, 
uh, no offense to, to my mom, who's definitely going to listen to this and get mad, but she'd be like, oh, like she'd tell me like an hour block of time. And I'd be like, no, mom, 10 seconds. And she'd be like, <laughs> what, if it, what if it hasn't happened yet? I'm like, you've been awake. Even if you were awake for only 10 seconds, that's your best moment. Like there has to be something in there. Give me like a 10 second moment. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. it forces people to go back to like, uh, what was a time where I was like, really like, wow, I feel like life is dope. Um, mm. That's important. And that's, and that's something, again, I'll bring up Amanda. She's a great soul. She said, uh, like, what makes you happy? Or she said, what made you laugh today or something? What made you smile today? And uh, she always asked that to people because she was once in a place where she didn't really experience that heavily in her life. So she wants to always remember and always spread that to others. But uh, a thing I always like to do towards the end of discussions is leave space for someone to talk about something top of mind or just, you know, leave that there for what it is. So if you wanted to bring anything else up um, and then you can also talk about a place people can follow you if you don't have anything, but I just want to, open that for you. Yeah, I think, um, I think an interesting topic that, uh, you know, I've, I've always been passionate about is, uh, you know, guys in particular, letting like men share their emotions more fully. Mm. Uh, I feel like if, you know, um, you know obviously, I, I only I only try to speak to my experience and never like, put things on other people and say, you know, oh, I know what's best um, for, you know, the female audience of the world. Um, you know, I think looking at my experience, I know and talking to a lot of my friends that a lot of guys grow up and they're like, I'm not supposed to show emotion. Like, I, I'm not supposed to cry. Like, it's not okay. Um, or, or even if they don't see that, you know, my, my dad never told me like, Andrew, don't cry. But I never saw him cry. So I, you know, I think you internalize like, you know, even if you're not told explicitly, you pick up cues. And like, we're such social creatures that it's so easy for us to like, look at our role models or the people we aspire to and see, you know, what they put out into the world and try to replicate that. Um, mm -hmm. and the issue always comes when like what you're replicating is not who you actually feel deep down. Um, and a lot of people don't understand that. And they're just like volcanoes of emotion or super shut down or super uh, surface level. And I think uh, that's really tough. Having been in that place, like I know, like, I wanted people to get me. I wanted to have deep conversations mm. with people. I wanted to feel like I could sit down like we're doing right now and just open up about my entire life and people be like, yo, that's kind of cool, man. Like, I appreciate that. I think um, mm. I didn't even know what I wanted to share. And I think until you start to do that self-work, it's really hard to walk around and be really open with people. Um, and that openness, that ability to like, share yourself fully with somebody else and have them accept you for it. I mean, that's what I would call love. Like, you know, friendship, love, relationship, love, whatever you want to call it. Like I tell all my friends when I hang up the phone, I'm like, all right, man, I love you. I'll talk to you soon. Like, um, yeah. I tell everybody I love them because when somebody sees me for me, um, that's love, man. Like, and, and they accept that. So I think, um, yeah, uh, I, I gotta, you know, I guess last shout out I'll give to uh, another next community member, awesome dude, Kyle, Kyle Somersall, who pushes me to think about, you know, masculinity and, and um, normalizing things more for um, men and just letting people know like, hey, we got emotions and like, it's okay to cry. Like, it's okay to cry in front of your friends. It's okay to, you know, tell your friends you love them um, to like, give like your, you know, 
brother, you know, your, your men, brother, brethren, the people that you care about nonstop, your chosen family, to give them a hug and really like genuinely mean it, not just like a dap, not just, you know, like, uh, what I, you know, you don't get what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I think if we can create a more emotionally evolved and in tune world, like yeah. the thing to do would be endless. Like if we could hold space for people to have difficult conversations, imagine what we could create with each other. Like we wouldn't yeah, be exactly. We'd be like, I see what you're saying. This is what I'm saying. What can we create now? Um, that's that that excites me like no other yeah when you when you seek for understanding then it opens up more opportunities to do whatever and anything because you know each other you know yourself so well but uh that's a that's a perfectly achievable goal and uh definitely one i i admire and appreciate but uh that's some of the stuff we touch on with my group of friends that we want to tackle in uh this upcoming book whenever it comes out uh whatever we do with it but uh nonetheless i appreciate you coming on and uh i wish you the best in the west coast i know you're camping out there and uh having fun but this is awesome man this was was really deep i really appreciate it yeah this was uh this was my pleasure it's super fun to uh get to go in and also you know i tried to fire a few questions back at you next time i'll have to ask some more but um (laughs) i I had an absolute blast and i can't wait to do it again yeah absolutely we'll uh we'll talk and uh place for people to follow you do you prefer one or the Um, other yeah people can pretty much reach out to me anywhere i'm pretty uh you know lax on on socials i don't haven't been posting much these days as you know, I'm still going through my journey and figuring out where I want to be. But uh, the Instagram is uh, find your mind spelled like my last name, F E I N and then your mind. Um, and uh, play on words is my first book, find your mind. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, other than that, you awesome. know, Facebook, Andrew Feinstein, any place people want to just reach out directly. I'm pretty responsive uh, and love talking about this stuff as I'm sure people will get a clear grasp. <laughs> So yeah, always down to jam on the meaning of life with anyone. Awesome, man. I'll talk to you soon. I appreciate it. Sounds good, man. Appreciate you.